Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, rumors abound as uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four are going to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I almost said that. Anyway, it's beside the point. Other news. <laughs> They'll also be joining that. If they join the MCU, we'll talk about them. Yeah, we'll talk about them. If em. they don't, we'll still talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> and in other news, Jeff predicts everything correctly. Matt is incredibly wrong. And your feedback. That seems one-sided. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What's happening, Jeff? Let's uh, hit him with that five-star review. Five-star reviews coming at you, sir. Boom, we got boom, boom. Jack Studios YT, favorite podcast ever. Aww. There are periods after each of those words. I love this podcast so much. It's kind of hard to talk to friends at school about the MCU, which is my favorite movie franchise ever. But ever since my mom showed me this podcast, I was hooked. Also, I love the Marvel trivia on Twitch. That's awesome. That leads me straight into a shameless plug. We are doing Marvel Cinematic Universe trivia. Yeah. This upcoming Wednesday. Yes, we are. We, we're going to try. We're going to try to start doing a, tr a geek trivia night every every Wednesday night. We're still working on a name. We've been we've been spitballing it, but uh, it's it's going to be geek trivia every Wednesday, seven thirty on Twitch.tv slash Stranded Panda TV. So thank you very much for the five star review, and thank you for watching the. Tri trivia uh we're, we're i'm really excited about it I, it, it, it was like maybe the most it was the most fun of my week we just like i laughed so hard i had fun the chat was all super funny yeah and every, everybody answered the question so freaking fast i was very impressed so i told you man these guys are super fans just like us more so maybe even yeah. Uh, so we got to get the uh, we got to get good trivia questions in there. Yeah. We also have to balance it, though. We need to have some that everyone can like, like that are a little easier. We got to have a good balance. We got to have a good we have to have like those questions that separate the, you know, the wheat from the chaff or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. The weird biblical reference. Um, I was going to say the wheat from the strong, but yeah, uh, that's uh, same. Same thing. Um, and from the boys. What's, what's the what's the Deadpool two quote? blessed are the wicked who are cleansed by my hand <laughs> i don't was, think that's relevant <laughs> that was such a creepy thing in deadpool 2 but to hear more about that go listen to bingers assemble which we just recorded um talking yeah. about shameless plugs yeah we, we, you know it's, it's the top of the show throwing out things so everybody can know about them <laughs> uh but yeah we're, we're 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 doing our last uh x-men bingers assemble coverage this week and so we did deadpool 2 and i just love deadpool 2 i just love it so Check out the Binger's Assemble feed for that. Okay, let's get into a little bit. We, we have we, There's no news this week. Just nothing. So we have one piece of rumor. Yeah. Uh, what, what, is this, what is this rumor we got, Jeff? So there is a, a, a quote-unquote Marvel insider uh, who, mm. who had previously revealed accurate information about Avengers Endgame. Um, he took to Twitter recently uh, and said that he was basically talking about how the Fantastic Four and the X-Men are going to join the MCU. Uh, it says, MCU's Fantastic Four and X-Men will primarily be based on uh, their Earth-1610 counterparts, which is the Ultimates universe, which is what the movies were originally based on anyway. Right. Uh, that makes sense. I've, everything we've yeah. seen has been based in the Ultimates universe, at least partially. For the, yeah, for the most part. A lot of character design looks right. like the Ultimates universe. Yes. Um, 
but a lot of the stories are you know from the original I mean it's it's like any comic book movie they're gonna take you know little bits and pieces of stuff that they like from everywhere and throw it all together yeah they take what works right right exactly um, but this insider also confirmed that John Krasinski and Giancarlo Esposito are in talks to portray the leading roles well we know we, we heard a few weeks ago John Krasinski had a meeting and we all know what for. Yeah. Like if he came out for any other character, we'd be shocked, but he, yeah, is God, very if he's likely, anybody other than Reed Richards, I'd be mad. Yeah, very likely a Reed Richards type. And man, I am so excited for that. He just plays, he plays the nerd so well. He plays yep. the action so well. He plays the heartfelt love interest so well. Like I, I yeah, he is perfect for Reed Richards and he got, he has the look just given that, given those gray sides and he is, oh, man. he given is those there. wings. Oh yeah. Give him those. I like to call them Matt Carroll, uh, Matt Carroll sides. Uh, that's, that's what they're mostly known as. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that term. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so th- that's, I'm totally on board. And now Giancarlo Esposito, that is different. That is different than <laughs> it, it is an updated thing. Uh, he's, yep. he's, um, South American. I don't know what country he's from. I don't either. Actually. I, I like I think I, I vaguely remember what he where he's from in, in Breaking Bad, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, but it, it, uh, he's a Danish-born American actor and director. Oh. He was born in Copenhagen. Oh, I mean that doesn't you know that doesn't mean anything. Right, right, right. It's heritage. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I was purely basing my knowledge of him on Breaking Bad. I have no idea anything about him. I guess. <laughs> Uh, his nationalities are American and Italian. Oh, okay. Well, see, I have no, I still, yeah, I guess I have no idea, uh, about his heritage, but, uh, I, I guess I do now. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, oh, it's, shit. it's an interesting choice. His mom is from Alabama. Really? Yeah. That's neat. That's neat. That's where I am. I'm in Alabama. Um, but yeah, so I don't <laughs> know what that means for the storyline. Uh, he has... I don't know. I, I'm trying to now. I'm trying to remember in Breaking Bad was he was he South American or was he just uh, working with the cartel? I don't even really remember. Um, so anyway, uh, I mean, he spoke fluent Spanish. That's about all we yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we do know. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, he was South American in some in some way because he was he he was talking about growing up on a farm there and so I'm trying to I'm like I'm trying to remember my Breaking Bad knowledge here, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was so, so long ago. It was so long ago. I've been watching Better Call Saul though, so, and he's been actively a part of that for a few seasons. So freaking good! If you're not watching <laughs> Better Call Saul and you're a Breaking Bad fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, notice, oh, Chile. He was born in Gus Fring was born in Chile. Yeah, good call. Um, okay, good call on using the internet to find knowledge instead of <laughs> sitting here on a podcast speculating about it when we have no idea. Yeah, it's no way to find out. No way to find out where 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 are we at where are we at. Uh, we were talking about Giancarlo Esposito being a perfect Professor Xavier. That's that's my question. They say for for key roles is what they said. Is yeah, that, just leading roles, quote unquote. I, I, would would he be Xavier or would he, see, I think that I, he would? I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Doom. Well, I mean he's I he's Doom. got that he's got that that. That great bad guy, uh, you know, villainous, 
presence. So he could be, I mean, he could be Doom. He could be Magneto. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's if he's X-Men, I'm thinking Magneto. But part of that is just because I've seen him as Gus Fring. I'm sure he can do more. I'm sure he has range. But, like, he is such a menacing character. But he also has, he has a very particular kind of menace that I think would go very well with Doom. Like, he has that very calm menace. You know what I yeah. mean? I think yeah, he would be I see what you're saying. A wonderful doom, and and if they're talking about those two, they're talking to two people about key roles right now. Uh, I, I I bet they're for the same movie. You know what I mean? Possibly doesn't have I mean, to be. Could be. Could be. I I don't know that I necessarily want Doom uh, right out of the gate though, because that's been. I mean, Doom was the. He was the first one in the first Fantastic Four. Yeah. And for he sure. was the in the most recent Fantastic Four. Like all we've gotten out of Fantastic Four is Doom. There's so many other threats that they have. So many other villains that they face. I think you're only saying that though cuz he's been done poorly. That's fair. Uh, I, That's I, fair. It's just, it, that cuz we could say the same thing about Magneto. Magneto has been in every X-Men movie, but we're not saying, "Oh, we don't want an, a Magneto in the X-Men." He he's been overdone cuz he's been done well. Um if if they do if they do it well, if they do Doom right, which they still have not really done, then I think I think we could have a great and Giancarlo Esposito would be a great Doom. Uh, but but I, I I don't know about him as as X. I feel like Xavier, there's a warmth to Xavier that I want there to still be, but I don't know. The more I learn about Xavier through the movies and through some comics reading we've been doing, like he does have sort of a, there's a dark side to Xavier that could be explored. But yeah, yeah. like I said, Giancarlo Esposito may have a completely a side to him that I just don't know about and I haven't seen. The the thing that is uh, always there with Xavier is, you know, he's, He's got the the fatherly warmth, um, but he's also he's also got that underlying controlling you know, scheming, nature. controlling nature where he is like he thinks he's the smartest man in the room because he knows everybody's thoughts and he knows what everybody's hiding, um, and so he feels the most in control. So he's I don't even know that it's like him actively trying to control everybody in the room other than or like or, or if it's just like second nature to him because you know that's just a, a product of knowing everyone's thoughts but he he does have that kind of you know illuminati background um trying to to pull all the strings sort of thing that that makes him a little bit more uh, a little a little darker I would say yeah absolutely Absolutely. Um, but uh, but also, uh, he does have that accent, at least in Breaking Bad. I don't know if that's a natural accent or not, but it, it is sort of nondescript to me. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of works for Latveria or whatever. Like maybe he could kind of embody that Latverian presence. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I don't know what the Latverian presence is like in comics at all. I don't even know what... You, you don't read accents? No, and I also have no idea what uh, I have no idea where Latveria is in the world. I don't know anything about Latveria, but like he has uh, Giancarlo Esposito in the roles I've seen, which is basically just Gus Fring. Uh, he has he has an accent, and so like you know, given Doom, I just I, I'm seeing Doom. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Watch the last two episodes of The Mandalorian season one. Oh yeah, I forgot he's in that. He does not have an accent. Okay, cool. 
I just, I, he's so Gus Fring to me. It's hard for me to re- see him as anything else. Um, he was a yeah, villain. He was a antagonist in Mando as well, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was another big imposing force. He was uh, Moff Gideon. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, kind of don't remember that show. Great. Uh, well, that that's the rumor. It's purely rumor, but it's worth discussing. Um, yeah, because there's no there's no news, so <laughs> why not? I mean, everything got pushed back. Uh, I mean, we could s- <laughs> we, oh, we realize why, Jeff. <laughs> just I'm I'm just saying, like the yeah. the most recent news stuff is like everything got pushed back. The New Mutants got a new release date, uh, August 28th. Uh, that's, um, that is big news, and that's exciting uh, for us particularly because of Bingers Assemble. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to finally cover the movie that we like. We started Bingers Assemble around covering New Mutants and covering the whole X Men series, and then they just moved it, and we're like, "Dang it! We've been working for four months to record <laughs> these episodes, and it's gone." Uh, again, clearly not the worst thing that's happened because of COVID, but it was yeah. it was a bummer for us. Uh, but I'm excited that it's finally coming down the down the pike in August. Shields coming back next week. Um, yeah, May twenty seventh. That's uh, uh, I'm so excited, so excited oh, to have new Marvel content to discuss. Yeah, right. God, um, slightly related to that, I guess, or or uh, adjacent to that. Um, ABC apparently has approached Kevin Feige uh, to have him produce a show, an, another Marvel show for yeah. ABC. I think we talked about that last week, actually. Did we? But yeah, mm. but that, I, yeah, uh, that's still huge news. And they, they talked about it possibly being a S.H.I.E.L.D. style show, right? Or based I don't in the think S.H.I.E.L.D. So. world? I think, it's, uh, I think it's supposed to be MCU. Um, or MCU adjacent? I don't know. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, too. I mean, if Kevin Feige is producing it, I definitely think it will be. But I... Th- yeah. Well, we should have looked that up and, <laughs> and talked about it more. Yeah, we should talk intelligently about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll try to... We'll try to round up a little bit more on that uh, as it, as it comes. I think I, f- I really feel like we talked about that last week, but I, which is why we aren't talking, which why it was uh, already used in our news doc. Well, let's get into some feedback. We've got a lot, a lot of people writing in about uh, various things in the MCU and otherwise we got a little star Wars feedback as well in there because I can't stop saying things about star Wars. People write <laughs> in, I respond. I'm sorry. I don't hate Star Wars. I just it's just not my favorite. It sounds a lot like you hate Star Wars. I, I really don't. I grew up enjoying it and I've seen everything except for the like the uh animated series is And apparently the animated series is are like the best content. That's what they say. But it, I don't find myself driven to watch them because I don't care enough about the world. But I, I will. I will eventually. Eventually, I will get to. Now, especially now that I have the uh, Chrome extension for speed control. <laughs> oh yeah, I can find myself yeah. watching twenty twenty minute episodes of uh, whatever in fifteen minutes, and then I can I can really uh, metabolize a bunch of content. Okay, let's talk about our feedback. Okay. Uh, we got Vibrant A Chroma on Twitter says, um, at MCU cast, this isn't the first thing I've encountered y'all predicting things, but wow. This was awesome. Thank you. Vibrant. We shared a video 
for, for, for doing this. Uh, Vibrant shared a video on Twitter this week that is, he, it's, he shot it on his phone. He somehow recorded his screen and it's a shot of our podcast with Jeff talking and Jeff predicting that he says, uh, I really, what I really want to see is, uh, Dr. Strange. This is when we, our Dr. Strange review. So it's months before Endgame or infinity war. He says, I want to see Dr. Strange drop Thanos into the mirror dimension and then it gets shattered. And then he, sc- he opens up his app, scrolls over a few apps and hits this Disney plus app and shows the scene in infinity war where that exact thing happens. And the, uh, Doctor Strange tries to send him to the mirror dimension and he uses the power stone and then the space stone yep. to shatter it. Yep. Um, as super nailed rad. It. So I can say you freaking nailed it, my friend. I'm, I'm very <laughs> impressed. Very impressed with that. Uh, really, really well done. Uh, yep. so, I mean, clearly Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely are huge listeners. Hey guys, yeah, good to hear fans. from you. They're huge fans. They, they listen to every episode, hours and hours yep. every week. They listen to everything we do. So we really love appreciate you guys. You guys. Lo- yeah, love you three thousand. Keep uh, it up. <laughs> even even stole our, our that, that love you three thousand from us probably at some point. Um, uh, <laughs> right? Isn't that the direction it went? No, no. Okay, this is the other. We stole it from them. I yeah. think. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. But thank you, Vibrant Jacks, for uh, sending that in. That's freaking awesome. That was super cool. Yep. Uh, next one up, um, Nathaniel Mlynar says, at MCUcast, I'm watching Agent Carter, and one of the first things you see is the SSR logo on the wall, which clearly says Strategic Scientific Reserve. Yes. Uh, we did. We, uh, we had a big, there was a big dispute about this in the chat this week uh, on the uh, Twitch stream for trivia, and I thought I had copied it from Google. I literally copied it. It it was strategic science reserve on whatever website I found it on. It was actually literally on Google that way. And then, but I can't find it again. So I might be crazy, but yeah, I said science reserve. It was scientific reserve. It is in the movies. It is scientific reserve. So, so ultimately what we're getting at is that Matt was wrong. Well, and Nathaniel stop complaining. You won. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you still won. You still won. There are no consequences to my horrible mistake. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it was egregious. <laughs> I, I just don't think that we can really reiterate enough how devastating this wrongness on You're your right. part is. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. It's a science uh, SSR gate is happening here. Uh, SSR I've, gate. <laughs> I've, I've, screw, I've screwed it up. No good. The, the trivia will never will never uh, recover. We're not going to recover. Mm-mm. Mm. I I feel broken inside. Yeah, because of yeah. you. People used to trust us. No. Yep. No. And you us. shattered that. Like now Thanos, it's up to me to rebuild it. Like Thanos and the mirror dimension. You know how many more like accurate predictions I'm going to have to make for people to trust us again? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. Ooh, uh, this, this, this next week's feedback was neat. Uh, Austin wrote in and he said, um, he said, I sent this after Endgame. So over a year ago, he sent this feedback and, uh, and somehow it just didn't go through. He like checked his Twitter and we never got it apparently. Um, there, unless you send it somewhere else, because around Endgame, we got so much feedback that we were overwhelmed we and we did not make it to all of the feedback. So, uh, but he said he actually ne- it saw that it never went through. So, uh, but this is a fun theory that he kind he was saying he wished. I, I like it a lot. It reads, 
I know it doesn't really work, but when they panned to an old man version of Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame, part of me was hoping that it would be one last cameo from Stan Lee. And that's why he's been around in all the other movies, keeping an eye on what the other Avengers are up to. Maybe he became one of the Watchers in the new timeline he created by going back. Uh, I'm sure there are a bunch of reasons this couldn't happen, but that was the first place my mind jumped to when I was watching, uh, and I thought it would be really cool. It also would have made it hilarious when he delivered the burner phone to Tony Stank as a little jab as he remembers the situation he and Tony were in at the time. I, I love this theory, like or this idea. Uh, I, I definitely see why they didn't do it, but just to see why they could have, and it is, is really fun. Like I get that they wanted to have an emotional moment for Chris Evans to play his old version of himself. And, you know, Stanley is not an actor, uh, per se. He's, he's, he's this, uh, he's the cameo guy. And yeah. I, I, but so as so I get why they didn't do it, but man, it could have been a really wonderful, wonderful moment. Like it's a really, really, really great idea. I love it, Austin. Thank you for that. Yep. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's too bad that they, they couldn't do that. Uh, could that be, could we get like an alternate scene where they did that, please? Can we go back in time and fix it? Um, unfortunately, no, <laughs> but it would be cool. It'd be really cool. You let me down again, Matt. That's twice today. <laughs> At Trentley tweeted at us, uh, retweeting a Mastertainment tweet, saying, yeah. uh, I'm kind of annoyed that the MCU never addressed a big elephant in the room. Um, the Mind Stone created Ultron by itself? That's kind of a big deal. Whose mind is in the Mind Stone? What was its goal? I really want this explored or explained eventually. And Trent says, I'm hoping some of this is addressed with the release of the Eternals MCU movie. MCU cast, thoughts? Yeah, I, I have wanted this to, this discussed for a long time because Ultron was not just created by the Mind Stone, uh, but there was clearly a mind inside of the Mind Stone when it encountered when they download the data. They they basically they say it's like a computer and there's a bunch of data inside, and they download this data into their computer. There is a consciousness in there that then takes over Jarvis and becomes Ultron. Uh, yep. And I've always, and, and at the end of that movie, Thanos goes to uh, and grabs the glove and says, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself, which I've always taken to mean that Thanos sent that stone w in the scepter, and then he had a backup plan inside the stone that it would become, you know, it was sentient and could do his bidding or, or at least like could destroy the world if he wanted it to. Um, but that, that the mind, the consciousness as it wakes up and finds Jarvis, he's like, it's weird. What is, what is going on? It's weird here. What's going on? And he's like, uh, he's just discovering himself. It does seem like it's a brand new consciousness almost like it doesn't feel like it's had much experience. You know what I mean? It also takes on the um, directives given to it by Tony. So I think like there's a world where that consciousness existed, but there's that also undercuts the idea that the entire Ultron experience was Tony's fault, which does propel Tony's character forward. So I don't know how I feel about um, that. I don't know how I feel about it. I always, I always wanted to get explored, but I also understand why if they explored, it kind of takes away some of the characterizations we get in future movies. It doesn't because Tony doesn't know, but it would be interesting to find out if there was something, th something to this theory. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it would be really like, I think it would be goofy for it to be uh, like a, a consciousness programmed by Thanos to like, if they ever plug the stone into their network or whatever, it would wake up and then start trying to, to take down humanity. Like that seems really stupid. Well, we also know that the, um, they were using it. They were using it for its powers to create the miracles and, uh, Hydra, I forget exactly the line, but, um, Tony is looking at their computer system and it seems like they have been learning things from the stone. And so it seems to me that Hydra was also using it. So it's like, it's not just that if, if this very specific thing happens, it seems that this mind stone was working to destroy, to like destroy humanity on multiple levels, like first through Hydra and then through, uh, Ultron. If they tap into this to try to get information out of it, only feed them self-destructive bad information. Or yeah, or or feed them information that you know will lead to their destruction or something like that. Or maybe that's just a thing the Mind Stone does in general and has always done, and Thanos knows that, um, which is why he won't use it that way. And he and he maybe it's why he sends it away. Maybe he's like, I don't have all of them yet, and I can't control the Mind Stone will control me if I can if I keep it. So I'm going to send it away with Loki. It always feels felt weird to me that Loki go he like has one of the stones and he sends it with loki you know um yeah so maybe that makes maybe that makes even more sense i don't know i like the theory though it's fun meh <laughs> all right uh let's see gavin Fra- oh man this is uh this is a big one oh we got more I star- see what you're saying more star wars talk gavin fry says sigh matt 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 <laughs> You say that Mando either taking the Beskar or saving Baby Yoda is not explored. I disagree. I think that it's not explored in word. It's clear that he creates an attachment the very second Mando sees him. The bond furthers in the next episode when Baby Yoda saves Mando's butt. In the next episode, it's even more clear that Mando is growing ever reluctant by the look he gives Baby Yoda as he leaves, even going as far as to ask what will happen to the child. We also see Mando hesitate as he looks at the knob that Baby Yoda so adorably took. He then makes the decision to head back and save him. I hope I've done a good job of saying this. And Jeff, how dare you? You call yourself a Star Wars fan, but you haven't watched Clone Wars? Go watch it right now. Anyway, there it is. Watch it. I like it. Uh, All of those are good points. Uh, That he had a moral choice to make. And it's, that is clear, but I don't think I still say that it is a black and white choice giving up, giving up baby Yoda. After you find out you're delivering a child to an evil empire, you have a black and white choice. You have, you either fight for the child or you don't. And it's, there's still not like a lot of gray area. So, so I still think it maintains the, uh, I'm not saying they don't. He doesn't have a decision to make. He clearly does. And they definitely make make it clear that he cares about the child. And I really enjoy the relationship between Mando and Yoda. I don't think it's I don't think that Star Wars is bad at characterizations always. I mean, uh especially in the original trilogy, uh those characters are characters you really care about. You really want Han to like get over his like 
you know, whatever his smuggler ways and, and join the resistance. Uh, you really want Luke to resist his, uh, um, the dark side temptations. Yeah. His temptations to the dark side. You really, it's not that the characterizations are thin. I think that generally the morality is fairly black or white is really my problem with star Wars. And it's why I like star Trek better. And I don't even think necessarily that's like everybody's bag. I don't even necessarily think that it makes star Trek better than star Wars. It just makes me like it better. Cause I like the, I like when a character is faced with a choice and they have to either make a hard choice that is like, I don't know the right thing to do. You know what I mean? And I, don't, I cannot, and that there may be this in clone wars and, and obviously Jeff can't tell me about it. You know, what about this guy over here? Not knowing, um, <laughs> but, uh, no, please go on. <laughs> Continue digging your hole. Um, but there may be very complex, uh, choices made in, um, no, no, no. I, I, I was about to say I can't think of a complex choice in Star Wars where you don't know the right thing to do. I just thought of one. Uh, whether to train Anakin. That is a that is like an actual. Uh, that is the most complex choice I can think of in Star Wars, where you really have to decide uh, what is the right thing to do here, uh, because we either don't train him. Uh, and he he may whatever I don't know. That's that's an interesting choice. That's an interesting moral choice. What's his name? Wagon Chin. No, uh, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Yeah. Well, they, I guess they both made the choice at different yep. points. Um, I was trying to remember Obi Wan's name. That's how bad. That's how bad that was. Yeah. That's how bad what just happened was. Editing <sighs> it out. Only the people on the live cast will know that I couldn't remember Obi Wan's name. Um, Spread the word, you guys. <laughs> You have to tell the people. Tell them. We're getting a video uh, of the vibrant Jacks uh, films on his phone that shows like Matt saying he he knows a good bit about Star Wars, and then like swipe over Matt saying not remembering Obi Wan's name. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay. Uh, but but anyway, that's that's an interesting moral choice. Um. So there's that, and it is the crux of what happens in that storyline. He decides to do it, and it has grave implications for the future. Um, but that that one aside, there's not that many choices in Star Wars. It's it's normally about it's about trying to do the right thing as opposed to trying to decide what the right thing is, which I think is a much more interesting question in my media. Yeah, should we destroy the Enterprise or not? Well, of course not. I mean, that's the only question Star Trek ever seems to ask, is like, should we destroy the Enterprise or not? Like, well, you've already destroyed it 16 times, so... Yeah, go ahead and do it again. Okay. There are, like, 13 Star Trek movies, and the Enterprise is destroyed three times. It feels like it's been destroyed every week. It has, there have been episodes where it's been destroyed, uh, but again, <laughs> talking about percentages here, talking about percentages, there are so many Star Trek episodes and so many where it doesn't get destroyed. I bet you they had a decision on Deep Space Nine where they had to destroy the Enterprise. No, they did not. The Enterprise only yep. appears once. 
in the first episode. And they destroyed it. It was gone. No, they don't destroy Never it. Never to be seen again. <laughs> now, now, what you are getting at is there is there is a trope in Star Trek of let's let's set off the uh, self destruct. And that's the yep. only way out of this. And that does happen a number of times on the show. And it <laughs> is lot. it is funny. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And it's fu- it is funny that like how often they use the self-destruct. But you know, it's one of the tools at your disposal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was okay, it's done so much that they did it in Galaxy Quest. They they crashed the ship. They no, they 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 did the self-destruct sequence. They 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 teased the self-destruct sequence and they had to like oh, tax right. had to stop it. That's right. They, the, he, the, the crew doesn't do it. Uh, the, right. the, the villain, the, the villain turns on the self-destruct system. Yes. Yeah. So the self-destruct sequence being used uh, for good or bad is like, that's the go-to. So, right. So should we watch Clone Wars and do a special, Oh, you know, we have the um, Star Wars, believe- Star Wars universe podcast over there. Uh, are they yeah. gonna, are they going to watch Clone Wars? They're okay. So right now there is a uh, an every two week cadence where uh, Mr. West Fox and I are talking about Mandalorian, and the following week uh, they he and other hosts are talking about Clone Wars. So it's yeah, it's every other week. So are they doing it episode for episode? Uh, no, they're doing arcs. Okay, that's what I was. That's that's cool. That's exactly what I was thinking would be a good way to handle that because I, I know that they're sort of bite-sized entertainment. Um, but uh, some seeing the different arcs could be interesting. So uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to catch up with them and and uh, keep up with their arcs over on the Star Wars Universe podcast. And maybe I'll sure. may, maybe I'll be the person writing in to say what I think and how there's still no. <laughs> complex moral decisions being made oh my god i'm just joking guys you're gonna I, be the star trek fans like i hey, listen here um there's no self-destruct sequence used so it's obviously shit is this even in space um, <laughs> what is space without self-destruct sequences and i am um, sure there's an episode of clone wars where there's a self-destruct sequence come on there's got to be I mean, there probably is, but it's not every episode. Well, oh, come on. Don't even don't even get at me, bro, with destroying a space thing every episode. <laughs> yeah. Destroying a a certain ship every episode cuz come on, Death Stars. <laughs> like <laughs> there there are only what what uh there's only nine star wars movies in the main saga and how many times do they destroy a death star like thing three three times three yeah. a third of the movies That's yes a solid third of the movies 33.3 repeating percent yes 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 you're a huge nerd all right we got voicemail uh <laughs> i'm just saying it's the don't don't get at me with uh, the, this this idea <laughs> that that Star Trek is it, anyway. Let's get back to something. God, Marvel it's so fun to push your buttons because I, I, I you know I really I really I, and I and I hate that I get this reputation for I just I just have I have my preference is all I don't hate it it's fine and I will watch Ooh. Clone Wars as soon as I can. Trip Maverick said in the Twitch chat, here's a harder one. Did they activate self-destruct on the Battlestar Galactica? Uh, I think they did, right? And then the last episode, did they blow it up? I don't know. I never watched BSG. 
spoiler alert for Battlestar Galactica, uh, they, they, they get off the ship. I don't know if it's self-destruct sequence, um, or if it's, uh, man, I love talking about this stuff. And I know we try to focus to Marvel, we focus to Marvel, but like, man, I'm just having fun. It just like, just, Having these discussions where we're comparing Battlestar Galactica to Star Trek to Star Wars and like going back and forth and the different tropes involved, but also like the different actual characterizations that are used on these different shows. I just love this stuff. And this is this is a lot of fun for me. I'm having a great time. <laughs> um, all right. We got a voicemail here. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, it's Joel from Houston. I was just calling because I was listening to that part where y'all were talking about who would win in a fight between Peter Parker, Dr. Strange, Carol Danvers, um, Scott Lang, and Hope Van Dyne. If I remember, those were the, the five that were chosen. And I think Hope can actually... I think she's a better fighter than Scott Lang because that was something that they went over. You know, in the second one, she shows that she can fight even without shrinking. I mean, yeah, she still has a suit, but as far as I know, the suit doesn't really help you fight. It doesn't help you, um, I guess, throw combinations and stuff. And she seems like she's pretty good at martial arts. So, yeah, I just thought that's something maybe y'all might have forgotten. But uh, keep up the good work. Love the show. Love everything y'all talk about. I love listening to y'all. I'm a truck driver, so... I when I listen to y'all, I listen for like three episodes at a time or something. So it's really entertaining. Hope you guys keep on doing it, and can't wait till we get to to the next MCU movie. All right, guys, later. All right, thank you, Joel. Uh, yeah, I hundred percent uh uh can't wait for the next MCU movie. Uh, but he's right. We we had those five characters asked wh- who we thought would win in a fight, and we without their powers, and we said Carol Danvers like just a hundred percent because oh, she's got the military she's training. The military training, but I was not thinking about Hope Van Dyne's sort of like karate experience. I mean, she can. It's hard to know because we know she can beat up Scott Lang, but I don't know that that's that hard. <laughs> that's the real. Crux I think what of this. we were saying is that it's Captain Marvel by a mile, or I'm sorry, uh, Carol Danvers by a mile. But the close second because he was in prison was Scott Lang. And oh yeah, you're. Oh yeah, you're. Then then yeah, I forgot we said that. Uh, I would say then that uh, you know, with remembering that that Hope uh, is pretty solid martial artist, it's a, it's a bit closer of a second place, but it is still second place. Yeah, she's she's definitely. I, I don't know. I don't know. Without powers, I don't know. We never really see Carol Danvers fight without powers. We know she's military, so like. That is that is established, but we also know Hope Van Dyne can fight and can beat up Scott Lang. So that's he's a hundred percent right that if we if we put uh, Scott in second place, then we were wrong. Yeah, but, you hear that, everybody? Matt admitted he was wrong. I, I wasn't going to call you out, but you're the one that said that last week, and I was like, eh. <laughs> Matt admitted he was wrong. Check the tapes. Uh, we have another. <laughs> we have another. Uh, we have another voicemail from Joel here. Hey guys, this is Joel from Houston again. Sorry to call you twice in a row, but I was just thinking a person who could play Wolverine would be the guy who voiced him in that, um, the long trail or the, the long night, I think, um, the Stitcher, the Marvel story. Um, I think he could do a good Wolverine. He's got the voice. And I mean, if you dress him up a little bit, he, he played the, the main 
dwarf in uh, the Hobbit movie. So I think he could do a good Wolverine if you put some makeup on him, put uh, get him a little bit gruffy and just, you know, make him look like Wolverine. I think he'd be a good call. What do you guys think? All right, guys. Later. Keep up the good work. Sweet. Thanks, Joel. Um, you've, you've listened to this, uh, this... The Longest Night? The Longest Night. What do you think? I think he's absolutely got the voice for it. Uh, Richard Armitage is that actor's name, and he is fantastic in that role. Um, I've only seen him like like uh, physical acting as Thor and Oakenshield in uh, in The Hobbit, so I can't really say whether or not he would look the part of Wolverine because there's so much makeup involved there. Um, but absolutely, he's got the voice for it, and you know he was. Um, he was good in The Hobbit, so, and and he's got you know he's got that um, that kind of gruff. Uh, what's the word? He's got he does a good job at the um, the the being mean. The what is it? Ah, the gruffness. He's got the gruff exterior. Yeah, and you know he does care about the people around him, but he's absolutely just he's absolutely um, just cold almost. Hmm. So. I think that he can definitely pull the pull the acting off. Uh, I don't know that they, he would look like what we think of when we think of Wolverine, but there's been so many versions of Wolverine. Yeah, um, for sure. My first thought when he said uh, he played the dwarf, I was like, well, that's a good start. Like, you know, like if he, if he can pull off dwarf, like, like for a comics version of Wolverine, he's supposed to be short and stocky, you know? Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he'd be a good, really, a really good fit. I, I've only seen the first Hobbit and I, it was when it first came out. I don't even remember, remember that character very well. So it's hard for me to place him. We had another piece of casting. Uh, someone wrote in about, I think last week and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on who wrote it in. Um, but someone said that the main character from Holly, the new show Hollywood would be a good um, human torch. And I've just that was Zach. Zach Manthe said that. Okay, great. Good, good memory. I can't, I can't remember nothing. Zach Manthe is uh, one of my players in the, uh, the D and D game that we started with the MCU cast chat people. He's playing our bard, Steven stranger. That's awesome. Steven stranger. That's great. Um, I, uh, I've really enjoyed, uh, him in uh, the the main character or one of, he's one of the main characters from Hollywood and he's he is really great and he definitely has the body type and he has the uh, the, the likability and charisma I, I really think he he was right about that that's a really good call for a possible Human Torch I haven't seen Hollywood so I cannot say either direction yeah totally. Uh, that's why that's why I bring it up because I think we both said that when he brought it up and I was like, but I just now have have gotten into that show and Hollywood's, oh, okay. Hollywood's good. It is uh is pretty adult, uh is very adult, so be be warned of that. But it's it's a good show. I'm never gonna be able to watch it then. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> Can't sit the kids outside. So much virus outside. Mm, yes, indeed. So much virus outside. <laughs> Go, go play. I'm locking the door. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, we're living in a apocalypse movie. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and not Sorry. even like an apocalypse movie you can fix. Let's keep like it light. Like Apocalypse. Let's keep it light. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you were. You, you did a good job. You, 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 t- you brought it back to Marvel. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no more stones. <laughs> no more spears. <laughs> 
I love that. I love that monologue, though. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Why couldn't that be his crux? Why couldn't that be the the villain's motivation? Yeah, totally. I totally anyway. agree. We'll we'll hear all about that on your new show that is coming soon. You will. You will. I think I'm not going to talk anymore about it. You just you keep dropping the hints, and I'm just going to let it happen. Yeah. Kevin yeah, yeah. Robinson has an email that said, "Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks for reading my five star review on the cast titled Wanda Raps. I'm sorry, WandaVision Raps." I left out a whole half of a word there. I really like the idea of Wanda Raps, uh, the new spinoff uh, musical uh, show where it's all it's all a musical where Wanda raps. <laughs> yes. Got Jeff. Oh, the grimace looking motherfucker taking everything I ever loved. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize you were such a rapper. How's that? I'm sorry. No, that's just, you know, it's it. it moments of clarity sometimes. <laughs> moments of clarity. <laughs> Brief and fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, I've been listening to you guys since Endgame, and I haven't really reached out until now. So I also had a scenario to play out to you guys. Uh, Say you had to replace a major MCU character from the Infinity Saga, hero or villain, and replace them with a DC character, also hero or villain. Who would you pick to be replaced? Who Mm. would you replace them with and why? Keep up the good work. Who would you Uh, I don't want to taint my Infinity Saga with that kind of darkness. I I, I mean, obviously... We don't want this to happen. This is a this is a game of of, of what. I thought ifs. we were keeping it light, Matt. It's a game of what ifs. So what what what's a good? I mean, like obviously, I'm thinking of characters that are analogs. Like I, I hate to say it because I know there are people that really love her, but I found her not very functional in um in the in this movie and that's Captain Marvel. So if I had to replace someone, it would probably be her. Oh, replace her with Wonder Woman, like straight out, one to one. Yeah, and I, I, I well, I, that, that's true. She's also a woman, but she doesn't have the same power set and doesn't have the same connection to the universe. So, like, and and I, and I know this would be controversial because it would be replacing this powerful female character with a powerful male character. But like, let's get a let's get a Green Lantern in there. Like a really well done re- Green Lantern. Yeah, but we Be haven't fun. seen a really well done Green Lantern. Okay, so this has to be uh, it has to be one that we've seen. I mean, I think so. I think that's what the the implication is. We is won't that we... we won't get into my feelings about Green Lantern. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can definitely see replacing Wonder Woman in there. Uh, she just. I, I'm trying to think of who could tear down that ship that way, and obviously Superman can. Uh, but. I'm trying to think of someone who'd make it more interesting from a character perspective, you know, like who would be a more interesting character to have in there. Cause that's why I don't like Danvers in that role so far is she's, she, she doesn't feel very well characterized, especially in that movie, especially because now we know they filmed all of her parts for Endgame before they filmed Captain Marvel. So like they hadn't even built the character and they just kind of sh- dropped her in the movie. And I don't feel like they knew who Carol Danvers was. They just give her a few lines, a few snarky lines with the, with the raccoon. And then, um, you know, it, 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 she, she was, to me, she was the most wasted in the movie, but I I can't think of other than Superman. 
a character who can just like, that's why I was going with, with a, with a, with a, a lantern. Cause I feel like it's a little, a little off. It'll be a little more interesting than Superman. I mean, the lanterns are more along the, uh, along the lines of Nova Corps. Um, sure. But no, I mean, it would be, I think it would be well within Wonder Woman's power set to, uh, to, to kind of in a, in a very Captain America kind of way, like be taken up to the Thanos ship on like the back of, of the, the Pegasus that Valkyrie was riding and like leap off of the Pegasus and just cut the ship in half or cut the wing off or like kill an engine or something. She does have the invisible jet. Oh God. (laughs) She could, she could invisible jet her way up there and who knows what kind of powers that invisible jet has, what kind of weapons. I think in recent comics, she just flies. I freaking got it. She goes up there in her invisible jet, lands on Thanos' ship, and sets the self-destruct sequence. God (laughs) damn it, Matt. (laughs) Uh, It all ties together, man. It all ties together in a nice little bow. I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) Uh, Drew Gregson is an email. (laughs) Hi guys, so it was announced earlier this week that the Hamilton movie would be a Disney Plus original, and it would start streaming on July 3rd of this year. Uh, Those of us who know the musical know there's a lot of language and other adult themes in it. I'd be surprised if it wasn't rated R. For Marvel, this means that the Netflix series could end up on Disney Plus one day, and Moon Knight could be darker than some other series. Let me know what you think. Thanks for the great podcast. I hope that it can be darker. I am yeah. a huge Hamilton fan. Are you, are, you, are you a big Hamilton fan? I have not seen it. Well, Hannibal Hamilton cred, I have seen it on Broadway. Oh, look at you. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> you could have seen it. You, you, were, you, were, you were there with me. Oh, yeah. It's a really, really wonderful piece of work. I freaking love Hamilton. There is no way they're making Hamilton rated R. Like, absolutely no way. Uh, it's just, it's, it's too big of an event. I doubt it's even going to be PG-13, like, kind of content uh there are a few curses in the in the in the musical um a lot of them are actually sort of bleeped in various versions you can find um they sort of like back off the mic or whatever um there's there's very few actual and there's the, there's a the one of course where he says you fat mother burn like the the orchestra does like a big burn like it uh is it, I do, there's they could totally do stuff like that and and the thing is you can still have a PG thirteen movie with one F word in it so like yeah, they'll probably one they'll probably maintain one F word um, you can even have a PG thirteen movie with nudity and there's no nudity in Hamilton there's just a little bit of there's, there's definitely some sexuality in Hamilton so maybe it'll be PG thirteen if they even have to rate it because it's Disney plus I don't know if they have to rate it I don't know if it in the MPAA like rates those movies but. There is no way they're making rated R. It is going to be, you're going to be able to watch Hamilton with your kids. Like I have no doubt. I mean, there's some themes in there that people won't want their kids to see, but like, it's also all just historically accurate. Like there's a, he, he, there's a, there's, um, there's a storyline with an affair in there and, and there's a song that gets sort of suggestive. Um, and there's a few curses, like I said, throughout the, the thing, but like, I, there's just no way they're making it. Um, uh, just Radar. looking, the the Mandalorian has a TV fourteen rating on Disney Plus. Okay, so it's rated like TV. 
Um, I, I bet they will have a similar rating for Hamilton, but it, there's no way they're not going to make it where so you can watch Hamilton with your kids. It's just, it's just too big of a cultural event and too, too much potential. They're also working on a, a film version of Hamilton. Um, from what I hear, I don't know when I heard that. So it's not on the tip of my brain, but, uh, they're working on a actual film version of the, of Hamilton with the original cast. And like, I, there's no way they're making the whole thing rated R. It's like going to be accessible to the masses. Yeah. So I hope, I hope that we get some content from, from Disney. Uh, I hope we get Deadpool. I really hope we get Moon Knight. I really hope we get all these things, but like, I think they might have to go with, uh, either putting it on Hulu or something like that or, or giving parental controls on Disney plus. But I just, you know, this is the fear we've all had about, about Disney taking everything. You know, uh, you know, we keep asking that, uh, or we rather, we keep asking for moon Knight to be darker. Um, and we, it's like, we forget the fact that in the first scene in the men, the first episode of the Mandalorian, he cuts a dude in half. With the door. I, yeah, I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, he, he cuts a guy in half. Is there a lot of blood and stuff, though? I'm guessing. No, that. no, no. It just shows the legs drop, but there's no, like, it cuts away before there's any, like, huge blood spurt or anything. Right. Yeah, which just depends. It all depends on how you how you do that stuff. You can you can have some pretty awful stuff and happen to happen to people. And, uh... For me, the dark and grittiness of most of these things doesn't have to do with the amount of blood, gore, and language. It has to do with the... Uh, the theme itself. Yeah, the way you treat the characters and the heaviness that you give the characters. Yeah, the emotional weight. Moon Knight would be a tough one to do without having it be you know, rated R or whatever, or, or mature, rated mature, or however that works. TVMA. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, parental controls... It, on Disney Plus would probably be the way to go, much the same way that they do it on Netflix right now. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I just don't want them to to screw up Moon Knight. You know, like fans have been begging for him. Disney is a company that has made most of their stuff for children, or at least for all ages, for a long time, and anything that's branded with the Disney name has always been that way. And now that they own all these universes that we care about, Star Wars, Marvel, um, I really hope that they find a way to make stuff for people my age, because these are, these are worlds that I care about and I want to see. And I, I don't want, um, I, I don't know. I don't want it to just continually being refreshed for children and and everyone to age out of the content. Well, we'll see. Yeah. It's really all we got is like, we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't think Hamilton is going to be any kind of canary in the coal mine for darker stuff on Disney plus. It's just not that dark. It's, yeah. it's, it's got some adult themes, but no more than any other play. And it's also cultural. It's a cultural moment being a Broadway play in the way that like, I don't know. I don't know what Rent was rated. Uh, Rent has much more um, adult themes in it than Hamilton does. But I don't. Even, I don't think they they made that one rated R. Maybe they did. Come internet. Rent was rated PG thirteen. 
Um, and, and that one's way more, has way more adult content in it than, than Hamilton does. The MPAA and like are all these rating organizations also take into account the cultural importance of something before they allow, depending on what they'll allow and whatnot. So I just don't think, I just don't think it's possible. Uh, Trip Maverick asked in, in the Twitch chat, will the Blade movie be R-rated is the big question. Uh, yeah, it, that is a big question. That is, because I mean, this is a hero who actively kills people. Yeah. Those people happen to be vampires, but he kills people. It, that That's his thing. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's the same thing with Punisher. The Punisher series was definitely rated R. You know, like it was, yeah, yeah, it was a hundred percent rated R and I want more of that content. I, I wouldn't want to change. Well, <laughs> I was about to say, I wouldn't want to change anything from the Punisher series cause I loved it and I do, but there are a few things I would change. There are a few like really thoughtless things in Punisher. Um, but I, I want these, I want all these things to be able to be made for adults I don't know. I'm really torn. I have this exact same conversation on the Star Trek universe podcast all the time where we talk about Marvel cinematic universe, Netflix stuff. No, uh, we talk about star, (laughs) the star Trek series that they're making because star Trek has always been a series that is definitely made for adults. Like it is, it is, um, that's not true. It was definitely made for kids at first, uh, but it is made the, like it always, it always has moral questions for adults, but laser fights for children. You know what I mean? Like it has that like sort of balance between the two. And it's a, I always like the fact that you could, I watched, started watching Star Trek cause my parents watched Star Trek and I would sit with them. And it's like that, that having that kind of content where both fam- all the members of the family can sit around the TV together and watch a thing that you can all care about. I, th- I love that kind of thing and I want that kind of content to continue to exist. But at the same time, I am an adult and I want them to be able to make things that exist in the worlds that I love that are adults. And Star Trek has been lately sort of bifurcating where they're making some really dark stuff in some of the shows that like you couldn't watch with your kids. Uh, recently they had like, like a baby beheaded and it was just like really, really gross. Yeah. Really gross. The Klingons. Um, oh. yeah. Uh, and that, that kind of stuff happening. And so you just can't, you can't show your kids that. So you can't watch Star Trek discovery with your kids, but then they make, uh, then now they're making a, uh, an animated series that looks, looks like it will be a, applicable for kids or whatever. And it's, I mean, yeah. Star Wars has been doing that for a long time too, making animated stuff, but the animated stuff isn't necessary for kids. I don't know. I just, I don't really like the bifurcating of things, but then again, I do like every once in a while to get a, um, something that is dark and willing to have the sort of like things that aren't okay for kids in it. Cause I'm an adult and I like to see, I like to see the, all things handled, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean the, in the, in the Netflix series in, in daredevil, like, Wilson Fisk wouldn't be as big and imposing and scary as he is if not for that, the door. Know, that, that car door scene yep. in episode four, where he's like just willing to beat this man to death with a car door for embarrassing him in front of yeah. this new lady. Like it's the, it's the, the balance ugh. of the small slight with the overreaction and the brutal nature of the way he kills that man. And that yeah. is, that sets up his character in a way that, you know, you can't do without that car door scene. 
Um, you, if he had just shot him, it would have felt like any other mobster. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't show the the lengths that he's willing to go to to embrace this rage that he feels inside. Yeah. If he had done, if he had shot him like he would in a PG 13 show, he would have felt like any other mobster, but having him slam it in the slam that guy's head in the car door makes him feel like a mobster mixed with a horror villain. Yeah. Like you really get the sense like when his, when he's like, he's just like this weirdly almost childlike, uh, character that is like ready to to kill you in a brutal way but also wants to control the city like it's it, he's a fascinating character and I, I want that to be able to be made for sure yeah um and oh oof. just like remembering that scene part of it where he had to like he slammed the car door on the guy's head and then had to pull the door out like forcibly pull the door out to slam it again like at that point you know that the guy's dead mm, yeah you know it's over yeah but That's- he's just so interested in in like getting this emotion out and and you know embracing the rage instead of like he's not looking to kill the guy he's looking to vent his frustration at the guy yeah like ugh, it's, it's rough man it's a horrible, horrible scene, but it sets up his character and I will always in a perfect way. Yeah. I will always think of that scene when I think of who is Fisk, you know? Yeah. That is a part of him. Last feedback. Last one. All right. Bongo Ben. It's <laughs> a great handle. Yeah. Uh, Bongo Benson is an email. <gasps> He's from Australia. Bongo Matt, ben. you know what that means? No, no, it doesn't. You mean know what anything. that means? It, it doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> G'day, guys. Benjamin here. Nope. Nope. Stop it. It's exactly what it means. He did start. He, okay. He started with G'day. He's leaning into it. It's okay that you started that way, but please don't continue. This is a long email. I've been listening to the no. cast since Captain Marvel. <laughs> when I downloaded an episode to listen to on the plane. <laughs> it's so fun. I just, I just feel like it might be offensive to Bongo Ben. Okay. From now on, if you're from Australia... Or any other country that Jeff might uh, might want to do that to. That horrible hate crime that he just did. Uh, <laughs> give us consent, and then then Jeff is allowed to do it. <laughs> if you're writing in from another country, you say, like, feel free to use an accent, Jeff. And then Jeff, Jeff, I, I just feel, I feel like it could be offensive. Okay, okay. It's, it's... So it's Bongo funny ben that continues. you want to do it, but I feel like doing that for a full like minute while you read this message is offensive. <laughs> Bongo Ben continues. I had never liked a podcast before, but listen, <laughs> but I've been listening to every episode since. And now he doesn't like this one. <laughs> well, I'm about to change that, sir. <laughs> Uh, he says, since I started listening to you two, it seems that every other podcast agrees on things too much. I've wanted to write in. Many times, but never actually followed through. So here it goes. The last episode, you spoke about Yelena possibly disguising herself as Black Widow for her death scene. As well as this not really doing any favors to the story, I don't believe it would be possible. The Soul Stone requires you to sacrifice someone you love, and Hawkeye doesn't love Yelena that we know of. Uh, if he believed that it was Natasha, I guess the love would be genuine, but I don't think that's how the Soul Stone works. I know Matt loves Star Trek better than Star Wars, hmm. and I can't argue with him as I've never seen Star Trek. Uh, however, I am a massive Star Wars fan, so I will try my best to defend it. 
Despite my love for Star Wars, I can kind of see where Matt is coming from. However, the mistake you're making is looking at the movies by themselves. The movies are fun to watch, but what really makes the Star Wars universe amazing are the books, comics, shows, and spinoffs. The Clone Wars looks into a lot of the ethics and politics of the galaxy, as well as adding to characters that we already know. Uh, there are hundreds of books, each as good as the last. My personal favorite Star Wars books, uh, which I would recommend to all Star Wars fans, are Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, which is about two young Imperial pilots and gives the perspective from the Empire's side, as well as telling a wonderful story. I also love Death Troopers, which is about a ship of stormtroopers that turn into zombies. Pretty much a horror novel. Okay, that's the end of this super long email. Love the work you guys do. Keep it up. Oh, thank you, Bongo Ben. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I hear. I hear the novels are great and I hear the uh, Clone Wars is great. So I am purely basing all of my criticisms on the movies. I have not seen much of it, anything else. I've, I think I read a book or two when I was a kid and it was good, but I don't really remember it very well. Um, <laughs> but I, I love that there's that, that lost star sounds awesome with the, uh, from the Imperial perspective, getting to know two Imperial pilots, you know? Really I fun. think the the crux of this email though is the discussion on Yelena oh, uh, right, right, right. being being Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I don't think it would have done much for the character, and probably would not have worked for the Soul Stone. I mean, it it, it would have completely undermined everything that we saw happen. Um, just it would have undermined everything we saw happen between her and Clint and. It could have worked if, okay, so it's it's really about, I guess, whether or not the Soul Stone is sentient and sees all. Like, if the Soul Stone knows who the person is, but the mm -hmm. person sacrificing doesn't. Right. If, or, they, if the person feels that great loss. Or alternatively, if. Uh, Barton knew Yelena well as well and cared yeah, about yeah, her yeah. as well. But that would, it, 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 it all just takes away from the unique relationship that is uh, Nat and Barton's relationship. Like, if, if, if in any way Yelena is the one that took the dive, it takes away from that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how the stolen exactly works. You're right. It, 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 maybe if he didn't know. Maybe maybe it's if you throw something you think you love, <laughs> but that seems a little silly, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Like if if Red Skull Ghost is sitting there, like you thought you loved her, but that was not the Nat you thought you knew. But here's a stone. Like that'd be so weird. Yeah, that doesn't seem to work. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe if Nat actually died in. Uh, the Black Widow movie right. and was replaced by Yelena only for Yelena to, to sacrifice herself. Yeah. Still, still, and what if, still what if away Clint was in on relationship? it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if Clint knew it was Yelena and he just also knows Yelena, then that could be interesting. But like, why? <laughs> like what, why, why try to, yeah. Like, like they to did, what end they did such a great job of establishing their love for each other in the first Avengers movie. And so to do anything to really take away from that, I feel like would, you know, would not be good to try yeah. to like say, Oh, he also has another spy 
friend that he really, really loves a lot, who has been one of his best friends that would work for him to retrieve the soul stone. Yeah. I, I, it's, it, I don't think that's what they're going to do. No, that's, that's not what they're going to go for. Yeah. That's bad storytelling. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, that's all the feedback. Um, guys, we are going to be doing another MCU, MCU trivia this week. Um, on Twitch, so twitch.tv slash stranded panda TV, uh, you can find our uh, you find our channel, go subscribe. And if you go to strandedpanda.com and sign up for the email list, we're going to send out an email today uh, letting you know which movie we're going to focus on. So it will be all MCU, but we're also going to pick a movie, and a third of the questions are going to come from that movie. So we did this last week, it was so much fun. And this week, we're going to expand it a little bit. I think I'm going to hop on a little early and do a little music uh, to kind of get the, get the stream started. And then, um, we're also going to stick around and do some, uh, we're going to play the board game code names and try to let everybody get involved. We're going to try it. We're, we're, we're sort of just experimenting with the format and, and trying to use Twitch more. So I, we just had so much fun last week is really the truth of it. And we're just going to try to do that more. So, and then we had a lot of fun, uh, on Friday when we did the, uh, kind of ad hoc, um, code names game. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, we really did. So we're going to, we're going to keep doing more of that stuff. So, uh, yeah. by the way, trip also on Twitch says, uh, Carol is a fighter pilot. Uh, doesn't mean she would be good at fighting unless you include her Cree training. Um, we did see her have that Cree training where she was, uh, she was fighting Yonrog without powers. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. She has, she has definitely trained for, to fight the Cree. Um, also, even if she's not, trained uh as trained a fighter as like a front lines person she still had to do like basic training and i'm assuming she can still like fire weapons and fight like some basic fighting skills so so she she has some basic fighting skills but um anyway we'll be back soon uh with another episode uh again this week bingers assemble uh we finish our deadpool review uh with deadpool 2 and on uh, twitch.tv on Wednesday night at 7.30 Central. We're going to be going live with MCU Cast Trivia. I'll probably go live around 6.30 or 7 with some uh, with some music, and then we'll get into trivia, and then we'll do some code names uh, and let you guys play with us. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, it's going to be real fun. Um, all right. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Peace.